Welcome to Grace Harvest Church's weekly podcast. For more information about Grace Harvest Church or to find out more about something you hear during the podcast, visit us online at graceharvestchurch.org. Now listen in and allow God to speak to you through this week's message. If you're a first-time guest here, we want to especially welcome you. And uh, this is a little different Sunday than what we normally would do, but we want to invite you to just, you know, open up your hearts and your ears and, and hear about our story and share with us in our story because God has been faithful for 30 years. Amen? Okay, so uh, I have a scripture text I want to read to you today, and I'm going to ask them to put it up on the screen, but this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's kind of a long text. I'm going to read the whole text, and then I'm just going to make a few comments, and I, I want to use this to lay a foundation to where we're going. So uh, just to kind of give you a background, a little bit of the story of what's happening in 1 Corinthians 3, the Apostle Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth, and the church in Corinth is a really spiritual, dynamic church with lots of gifts and miracles and power, but they're also really flaky, and they got a lot of sin going on, and they're messing around, and there's divisions, and they got a lot of personality cult stuff going on. Do you know what personality cults are? they got little groups in their church, some that are kind of devoted to this one particular preacher or one particular apostle and this other group that's devoted to this group. And so Paul is writing them and he's telling them, you guys need to stop that. It's not about the leader. It's not about a particular personality. It's about Jesus Christ. It's all about Jesus. Everything is about Jesus. And he's challenging them to not let a personality call and division come and break them apart as the body of Christ, but to stay in the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace. And this is what what he says. He says, verse 4, for, one, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos, and what is Paul? Servants, notice this, servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. And then look what he says here. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters, notice this, are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers, and he's talking about the church now, you are God's field, God's building. According to the grace given to me, Paul is speaking, like a skilled master builder, I laid the foundation and someone else is building upon it. Let each one of you take care how he builds upon it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Ooh, we're all going to be tested, okay? If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he'll receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him. For God's temple is holy and you are that temple. Verse 21. So let no one boast in men. For all things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. You are Christ and Christ is God. That's a great text of scripture, isn't it? Now, I just want you to notice a few things really quickly. First of all, God's church is his field, his building and his temple, and it's holy to him. 
And I've had to be reminded of that many times over the years because it's not my church. Sometimes people will come into the church and they'll be here for a little bit and they'll really like what's going on and they'll sense God's presence and God's speaking to them and they'll say something like, hey, Pastor Doug, I really like your church. And I will regularly say, it's not my church. And actually, it's our church. It's his church and it's our church. And when I hear people begin to say, I love my church, that's when I know a transition's happened. They've gone from just merely seeing the church as a place they go to a people they're a part of. Amen? Secondly, each leader and member has an assignment to the church. So all of us over the years who have been a part of that process, my dad, David Miner, myself, Pastor Larry, Pastor Keith, all of our current pastors, all of you who've served the people who have been here from the very beginning, all of you who have been a part of the process through the years, even if you were only here for a short time or you moved on, all of you, some, many have gone to be with the Lord, but all of you are building upon something that was established on Jesus Christ himself. And all of you are important, and all of you have an assignment. Each leader and member is a servant. I love that, a servant. That's what Paul says. We're all servants through whom you believe. So let's remember that. We're all servants. Only God gives growth in life. The reason there's growth in life is because God is actively at work. The reason we've been seeing people come to Jesus and people healed and people you know, brought in to the kingdom of God, the reason that's happening is because God is at work and He gets the honor and the glory for it. He uses us. We get to be a part of the process, but it's Him. It's Him that's giving growth. It's Him that's giving life. Some plant, some water, and some build, but God blesses. And that's one of the things we're going to see today. There are planters, there are builders, there are waterers, and yet it's God that's doing it all. It's the Lord himself that's making it work. And, you know, that's kind of comforting and beautiful because I mess up a lot. I make mistakes all the time. I stumble all the time. I feel like the fact that God can use us sometimes is, you know, not only is it a miracle, but it's kind of humorous. It's funny to watch God use us as we stumble along and blunder along, and yet he does miracles through us. The only true and lasting foundation is Jesus Christ. The reason this church and any other church can endure is because Jesus is truly our foundation. Many said this church would not endure. When it started, it started in revival. It started in controversy. There were people that really got angry. There was actually some division about it in the beginning, and people weren't sure. And in the community, the reputation was a little funny with some when it first started. And there were many people who kind of, without even realizing they were doing it, they stood back and they cursed the work. And they said, it'll never last. It won't last two or three years, and it'll be over. And then my dad left, and they said, it's over. And it wasn't over. And then David Miner moved on. They said, it's over. Doug's too young and stupid. And it kept going. And it kept going. And what do you know? The Lord continues to use people because it's His work. And Jesus is the foundation. It's not about a personality. It's not about a person. And every person's work is going to be tested. Help us, Lord. Amen. And God will give us, and I love this part, and this is how He ends. God will give us every resource and every person we need to accomplish it. At the end, what's Paul say? Verse 21, he says, So let no one boast in men. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours and you are Christ and Christ is God. What's he saying? Whatever I need, whoever I need, whatever resource is necessary for God's purpose to go forth, I'm going to bring it. And that's really important because at different times in our history, when people, I remember when Pastor Larry passed away 11 years ago. 
And uh, for those of you who didn't know Larry Bryce, he was such a huge part of our community. And, and his, his deposit was amazing. But I remember when he passed, some were like, you know, what, what are we going to do without Pastor Larry? And I understood the sentiment, but I also understood something. It's not Pastor Larry's church. It's not Doug's church. It's not Timothy's church. It's not Dave's church. It's Jesus' church. And he's going to take care of his church. Amen? So that's the, really the foundation where we want to go this morning. And I want to start... This morning uh, on my panel, I want to start with having Pastor Keith come up here. And as he does, as Pastor Keith comes up here, I want you to welcome him. Go ahead and pull up a chair there, Pastor Keith. I'm going to give you the microphone. I think it's on. Is it on? Mm. Nope, it's muted. Okay. Okay, there you go. Okay, and, uh, and I just want to tell you about this man. This man has been at the church from the very, very beginning. In fact, he was kind of young back then. <laughs> he's an old guy now, but he's kind of young back then. And he was a part of the This guy wasn't initial... even wet behind the ears yet when yeah, he came up here. True. That's true. That's very true. But, you know, he was such a faithful part of the early prayer meetings and things that happened to make this church happen. And he is, him and Donna have stuck by us over the years through thick and thin. They've watched me stumble around and make a fool of myself and still continue to support and love. And they've been here as a part of our church for a long time. So, Keith, I want to ask you some questions. Uh, first of all, tell us about the prayer meetings that you were a part of in the beginning that helped start GHC. Uh, okay, I, uh, I want to start actually before... Of course, meeting. Yeah, <laughs> I want to start. I came here about four years before the church we're in, where this church was birthed in, and me and two other fellows were actually working on starting a church for a couple of years, and we were really praying at that time that God would bring a charismatic church here, uh, and we we were praying together and for several years, and then it kind of fell apart, and I went back to uh, Cornerstone Church, and that's where our church was birthed from. We had a 5 a.m. prayer meeting there uh, once a week. About five or six of us men were there praying every morning. And there was a, a couple that came from Seattle, and he worked for uh, Boeing. And he came to Moses Lake, and he came to the church, and he was acquainted some way with the church that uh, Timothy was in in, in, Mose, in uh, California. Yep. So uh, he took uh, Ross and Wyona. He was the pastor of the church there. He took them down to California to meet, uh, to meet Timothy. And Timothy, at that time, they set up for him to come back here and have, I think it was a four-day meeting. Yep. And four so, days. and then uh, after that, we went, we had our prayer meeting, and the pastor came in, and he was madder than a hoodow, the best way I could say it. He was mad. He said, these highfalutin big city prophets, he said, Timothy has canceled and I said, wait, wait, stop. Don't, don't do, do that. Don't be bad-mouthing them. Let's just pray. God's in the control of this thing, so let's pray. <laughs> and we started praying. We said, God, you, he made a commitment to come here, so, Lord, it's up to you to bring him here. And we also prayed, if it's your will, he needs to be here. And I think it was about two days later that Ross came over, and he said, Timothy has called up, and he said, I canceled the meetings in California, and the Lord told me to come to Moses Lake. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And that's the foundation of how this church started. Prayer, we hear that over and over again, is the foundation of everything, and it is definitely what holds us together. Amen. How, how do you feel God answered the things that you guys prayed about in your group? I mean, you've answered some of it in your commentary right there, but how did God answer what you guys prayed for? How did you see those answers begin to come about? Well, I think 
they're still coming about. Amen. Uh, the things that, that we, we had, like you said, a pretty rocky beginning, and I'm fully convinced that the prayer of God's people, us still joining together in prayer, and as more and more people came in, we continue to have prayer meetings on a regular basis, weekly, or, and we had several, we were meeting, even after we got into this building upstairs, we had a meeting for several years, I believe, and I'm fully convinced that those prayer meetings and us crying out to the Lord when we went through some of the struggles we went through was what kept us together. Uh, we believe that God had started something, and he finishes what he started, and he's still working on it. He hasn't finished the job yet, but he is one faithful God. He is always faithful when we will trust and rely on him. Amen. Can you say thank you to Pastor Keith? Thank you, Pastor Keith. That was awesome, bro. Thanks, man. That was awesome. Next, I'm going to have Lorraine Benson come up. Where are you at, Lorraine? Here she comes. Say, say hello to Lorraine. Okay. Lorraine's been a part of our church from the very beginning as well. Was a, also a part of a women's prayer group, and she'll tell you more about that. And uh, I've got some questions for her as well. So just listen up and, and uh, yeah, hear what God has been doing for many, many years in this community, even before we started. Okay. Amen. Do you want to do an opening statement as well, like Keith did? <laughs> I, just, I just want to say, as I've been thinking about all of this, again, um, I'm just overwhelmed with the faithfulness of God. That's right. And I don't want to say anymore because I'm yeah. going to lose it. <laughs> Tell us about the prayer meetings you were a part of that helped start GHC. Well, now I'll make a little preface. <laughs> yeah, yeah, go for it. So probably seven or eight years before the church was started, um, I was part of a group that started a chapter of Women's Glow in Moses Lake, which was a parachurch organization that was sort of a move that God started, I think, to connect people in the charismatic movement. And there were, there were a lot of hungry women in different churches all through town. And so we joined together, and that's what started the prayer meeting. About three years before the church started, there were about a dozen of us that started meeting um, one day a week, we, we met for about three hours, a morning, Thursday mornings usually, and mm. we fasted and prayed for about three years. Wow. Not, not continually. <laughs> Thursday mornings. <laughs> Thursday mornings. For about three years, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. And um, what kind of things were you praying that God would do in Moses Lake during those prayer meetings? Well, we were just really hungry to see change in the church. We wanted to see the Holy Spirit move in all the churches. And there were several things that were on our hearts. Um, at that time, there was no fellowship or communication really between the churches. There was wow. a real division. The, the yeah. pastors hardly knew each other. Wow. And that was one of our real prayers was... <clears throat> that we prayed for the pastors and for just an opening of their hearts to the other churches, that there would be unity in the body because um, John thirteen thirty five tells us that by this all people will know that you're my disciples 
if you have love one for another. And we didn't see that. And, and so we, we really cried out for God to really move and cause us to learn to love one another and, and be, realize that we are part of one another. Amen. We also um, saw in Ephesians 4 that there were gifts given to the church, ministry gifts, um, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And all we saw in Moses Lake was pastors. Mm. And so we began to really pray that all of those five gifts would be expressed in, in our churches and that we'd begin to see what they really were. We didn't even know what they were, but we saw it in the Word and we cried out to God that we would begin to see it. Wow. And God began to restore. Um, even in our little aglow meetings uh, that we had, we had a monthly meeting where we gathered with all, a lot of women in the community, and, and there began to be prophecy breakout and things that um, none of us knew what we were doing. We were just <laughs> <laughs> hungry for God, you know? Yeah. And um, we also saw that in the early days, there was power in the church, power for healing and miracles and yeah. deliverance. And none of us had ever seen a deliverance, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we prayed for those things as well. Wow. So you, you kind of answered the question, and I appreciate it. Um, but give us maybe a couple more examples of how God answered the things you prayed about. Well, so we were all looking for God to move in these ways we'd been praying about, and we heard that there were some meetings at the Cornerstone Church, and there was a prophet there, so we all flocked over there. <coughs> we'd never really seen a prophet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A prophet in Moses Lake. I know. What a deal. I'm Come not on. kidding. Um, there was such a strong, tangible presence of God there. Um, the worship was something I'd never seen before. Hmm. Everybody was dancing and yelling and running all over the church. And, um, it was amazing. And there were deliverances daily. And there were healings regularly, and there were words of knowledge that were shocking and amazing. And wow. um, people from every church in town were there. And, and so we saw a prophet in action, but most of all, this was just a confirmation um, that this was the move of God that we'd been crying out for. And mm. the, the most overwhelming confirmation to me was that as Timothy preached day after day after day, I went through my notebook from the prayer meetings, and it was like he preached every scripture that we'd been praying for, and it was just like God was saying, see, I'm answering this one, and this one, and this one, and um, I think about those things, and I'm just like... <laughs> So overwhelmed at the faithfulness of God. Come on. Yes. Can you say thank you to Lorraine? Thank you, Lorraine. That was beautiful. That really was. 
Well, next, I know uh, hopefully we'll be able to actually uh, get something done while, these, while the slideshow is going, but this is just, these are slides all the way through the history of the church. They're not in order, so you'll catch stuff uh, that's current and also things that are very old. But at this time, I'm going to have my wife come. Will you welcome Peggy Sherman? She's going to tell you about our journey to Moses Lake. Sorry. Okay. Now, it's really interesting because we were talking the other day, and um, Peggy said, you know, I have some things in my heart I'd like to share about when we moved up here. So I thought, perfect, I get to interview you, and I can just get to, get to stare at you and how beautiful you are as you, as you answer questions. So, um, hon, when we came to Moses Lake, so for those of you who don't know, in May of 1988, when the church was birthed, we were here. We came up to bring my dad's car, and we were here the weekend they announced a new church was starting. And I'll never forget, we came, and, and she was seven months pregnant with Stephen, our oldest son, and the guy that was over here playing guitar and leading worship this morning. I didn't know if you recognized him. And, uh, and then uh, we were here in town and, and you know, dropped off the, the car, and then we went back to California, and we were like, good to be out of that place. So... <laughs> When we came to Moses Lake around this time in May of 88, what were your impressions and thoughts about the city and the new church? Well, um, I was born and raised in Anaheim, California, which is Disneyland, basically. I was born and raised at Disneyland. <laughs> and I, um, she even worked there as a teenager. Right. So, um, but um, <clears throat> moving up here, I'm not moving, um, visiting here, it was like, okay, this is nice. I'm glad I got to see Washington State. You know, we coming from California, we're like, oh, the Evergreen State, Moses Lake. Wow, it's going to be green and trees, and you know. So we're we're driving up here, and we're like, oh, where do, where are we? <laughs> driving down the gorge was beautiful, and then we get got flatter and flatter. And anyway, so it was like, wow, this is interesting. This is totally different. I am so glad we're not here. But hey, it's great to visit. You know, what do people do here, by the way? You know, it's like... <laughs> it's true. Anyway, so that was my impression. When did you feel that God began to change your mind and your heart about moving here? Well, when he... Uh, last week, Doug talked about the word that the Lord gave him, that he wrote down and everything, and um, he, um, he shared it with me, and, and by this time, we had already had our baby. He was three months old, three, about three months old when... Um, and I was just all in mommy mode and nesting and making my home. And um, I came from a big family. I come from a big family, and all my sisters were having babies. And, you know, I'm like, this is great. You know, we're starting our family. And he comes and shares this word with me. And I'm like, why would we leave here? That's the last thing that I would even think about. Um, but... The church that we met at, um, Eagle's Nest down in um, uh, Orange, Orange County, County yeah. um, I remembered that there, the thing that was so cool about it was there were, um, they always had guest speakers where they would bring people from all over the world that did really radical things like moved anywhere and did anything for God. And those really embedded in my heart. And I had even prayed. And, and the, the vision of my prayer and the, the prayer came back to me that I told God, I'll go anywhere, I'll do anything. There you go. You know, in that moment of, wow, I just want to be used by God. And God took that prayer, and he brought it back to me, and he said, will you even go to a small town like Moses Lake? 
And so I was like, well, I guess so. But, you know, and I actually audibly felt, or not audibly, but physically felt the Lord just drop something in me and say, this is, this is me. So I couldn't wow. resist it. Wow. So I think you answered the third question I had for you. Um, after all these years here at Grace Harvest Church and in Moses Lake, how do you now feel about your journey in coming to Moses Lake? Well, there was a scripture that I wanted to share um, real right. quick. I need to put my glasses on real quick. But um, I really, I feel like it was a promise from the Lord, and it actually was because um, it's uh, in three of the four Gospels, Jesus makes this statement. And let's see, Mark 28 through 31, well, 28 through 30. What chapter? I'm sorry, chapter 9. Okay. 10, sorry. 10, 28 through 30. Uh, then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left all and followed you. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions yeah. and in the day age to come eternal life. So... We have received all of those and more. We, um, mm. people, family, I mean, it was a brother, <laughs> sorry, these pictures. Um, we, uh, the family that I left, the, these people became my family, and the Lord it's has true. blessed us so, so much. I can't even begin to even, um, I can't even, be, even begin to, to even share that, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, I, this is our home. We've raised our kids here. It was a wonderful place. I, I believe our kids had a, have a lot of good childhood memories from Moses Lake and yeah. this church, and they were all very involved in the church. So, um, anyway, it's my home, and uh, here we are 30 years later. Who'd have thought? Thank you, love. <laughs> every, Thank you. Every so often, real quick, we w drive through town, we're all, we're still in Moses Lake. It's true. Can you believe that? It's true. <laughs> anyway. It's true. Thank you, love. Amen. Can you say thank you to Peggy? Thanks, Tom. That was beautiful. Now I'd like to invite my dad to come up here, and will you welcome my dad, Timothy Sherman, the founder of Grace Harvest Church. Hey, Papa. All right. Do you have an opening statement? <laughs> I, was, I think it's on. I was looking at the uh, pictures up here, and... and uh, I actually used to have hair. Yeah, yes, you did. It's true. Me and too. so did Doug. Me too. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, what led to you getting an invitation to Moses Lake for a prophetic conference? What What led up to that? I'm not sure, <laughs> but I went to a, I went to some meetings in um, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And Rod Parsley, Lester Summerall, there's some whole lineup of speakers. A guy named Ed Dufresne, who was a prophet in the Word of Faith movement, um, had invited me to come because uh, they were coming out to Southern California meetings and getting ministered to in the prophetic uh, movement that had been birthed there, which was um, a phenomenal birthing of the prophetic movement in its beginning stages there in Lancaster. And it was actually the largest prophetic movement in the Western United States. And our conferences, thousands of people. And it was 
an amazing thing. We were all dumbfounded and taken by surprise for it. The Lord showed me during those times that anything can happen in your life if you don't care who gets the credit for it. Hmm. Wow. If you're willing to sacrifice your pride, vanity, and ego and your identity in ministry Hmm. and give it up realizing that your true identity is in Jesus and who lives inside of you. And he taught me that. Hmm. And so... um, with that putting reins on all the pride and ego I had, <laughs> which was a lot of it, <laughs> yeah. the Lord began to do something to move in my heart and the ministries that we were in because of the excesses that I saw mm-hmm. in the movement. And, of course, Doug could tell you about that because he saw it too. Yeah. And I knew that I had to remove myself from this great ministry that I had and I began to seek the Lord about laying it on the altar and walking away from it. As Peggy had said, I'll do anything you want, God. And the Lord began to deal with my heart. And then I got this invitation to come hmm. from Ross and the others that came down. And when yeah. they said, would you come to Moses Lake? I saw mountains and a lake in the middle of the mountains. Yeah, and me too. Moses with a staff. and <laughs> I said, no, that's, it couldn't look like that. I mean... Because I thought all of Washington was mountains. Yeah. Anyhow, that was the first kind of just real honest dealings of what took place there. Yeah. And, uh, and, and of course, then I didn't want to come. Yeah, I was going to say, what's your initial response to the invitation? I like this part of the story. Well, it was, <laughs> it was a, a, things were really big and happening, and we had a network of 100 pastors in our it wasn't an organization, people looking to us and just coming from everywhere. I had so many invitations, I didn't know what to do with them. And here's an invitation for to come train 30 people in the prophetic ministry in Moses Lake. <laughs> and I said, I don't really have time for that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I told him I wouldn't come. Mm. And... Uh... How did God speak to you to come to Moses Lake? What happened? How, how did your mind get changed? He said, if you don't go to Moses Lake, I'll kill you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just began to deal with me really strong. <clears throat> because when he, when he uh, initially commissioned me to the prophetic birthing of the prophetic movement, he told me he was going to put the spirit of Moses on me hmm. for the prophetic movement. And I was 38, and it was going to happen on my birthday two years later, and it did. And when Hmm. it happened, it birthed. And so um, uh, just to call people out of the body of Christ everywhere, come out, come out, come out, come into this, come in. We're going in. We're going to possess the land. Hmm. The prophetic promise of Abraham is true. Hmm. So... um, Anyhow, I began to feel really miserable <laughs> inside every time I heard people kept bringing up these words Moses and Moses and Moses. And every time they did, I'd hear Lake, Moses, Lake, Moses, <laughs> Lake. And so I said, okay, Lord, I hear what you're saying. He said, I want you to go there. I'm going to do something special. That's cool. Um, when did you know... Once you got up here and things started, you know, you had a four-day prophetic conference. You probably thought you were going to come and, and then, you know, get out of Dodge. And, uh, but when did you know, uh-oh, 
something special is happening here. I need to move with this. What, what, how did you know that God was doing something special? When we flew in, when I flew in on the airplane, I came by myself. I flew in on the airplane, and as it was coming in to make the circle around to get ready to land out here at the airport, the spirit of travail came on me, and my mother was a travail. Can you, real quick, can you explain, maybe some people here wouldn't know what the spirit of travail is, what you mean by that. What's travail? Well, for me, travail was <clears throat> deep groanings and, we, and, and weeping inside, and tears uncontrollable began to come out of my eyes, and I began to weep, and I looked out, and... I saw visions of the Native Americans and the, and the death of them, and God told me he had godly, uh, godly Indians and chiefs that had died on this land, and that there was wow. pioneers that loved Jesus that had died. Mm -hmm. Then he began to show me the people in the area and the hunger, and that they, they, didn't have, they didn't have what he wanted to have, and I felt the Father's heart for Moses Lake. And, and it broke me. And I carried it every day in my motel room, weeping by the hours as the revival happened. And it was a sovereign thing of God. It wasn't anything that I had special at all. It was something that God sovereignly did. Mm -hmm. And during that first initial few days, as it broke out, the pastors came to my room, two of the pastors, or three. I'm sorry, I don't remember now. And they said, we want you to stay. We'll give you the building. We'll give you the people. We can, we're pastors. Our people love you. Everybody loves you. Everybody wants you here. And would you stay? And I, and I had called the man that we was involved with in California at Springs of Life Ministries. And we had our own airplane and everything. We'd be paid cash for it. And he flew up here and, hmm. and uh, looked at all of it. And he was, I called him into the room when... Um, they came over, and, and he heard what they had to say. I told him uh, what they had to say, and, and he said, well, what are you going to do with what God, God's given you? And I had no desire. I was saying, these guys are wanting me to stay here. I, I, I got it going on, you know. I got I, I to gotta go blow in, blow up, and blow out everywhere else. You know? <laughs> That's right. But anyhow, um, and when he said, what are you going to do with it? I said, I just looked at him and I said, and the spirit of God fell on me. I began to weep. And, and when I did, I said, Lord Jesus, a bright light flashed in the room. I, I, the only way I know how to describe it is a pillar of fire appeared and him and I both fell on our face and began to go into groaning and became extremely quiet for hours. And when... That was finished. It lasted about two hours. And when that was finished, we got up and sat down in our chairs. And I said, the Lord says, I'm here. Wow. And uh, this is a shock to me. So that's initially. Wow. That's when I knew that. Thank you, Lord. I'd be saying. Can you give us some of the highlights you can remember from the revival in the beginning of the church? Um. The one of the, one of the uh, real highlights was was the initial meetings in the beginnings, and the reason it was such a highlight for me was because I I would weep and and travail, and pray and intercede over what God was doing, what He wanted to do in the city, and then I would go to the meeting and I would not sense one drop of oil, not <laughs> one bit of anointing. Hmm. And I preached some of the worst sermons I've ever preached in my life. <laughs> I thought. I just thought they were awful. 
And God just did phenomenal things. And the one thing that I noticed was that this spirit of repentance that came through Rod Parsley at the meetings I'd been in before coming. Hmm. And then Lester Summerall laid hands on me and, for deliverance. And I was hitting the head with a sledgehammer. Bang, came out of it. And something had changed. And hmm. then there was a repentance. And the highlight was that the Lord did something with me I'd never done before. And I knew the people knew their lives, and I would bend over and whisper in their ear and tell them what their sin was. Mm. And they would just fall down and repent and cry. Mm. And then wow. prophetic words and so on and so forth. There was supernatural miracles breaking out. and yeah. It was just sovereign God. God just did something very, very special. It was amazing. And the groundwork had been laid through years of intercession and That's fasting right. and prayer. That's right. The company of women. Yeah. That's really right. had a major part to do with it. That's right. That's right. Awesome. Will you do something? And um, will you just pray a prayer, a blessing over us right now? And then I'll, I'll end things and wrap things up. Would you? And if you've got something, if you have an exhortation or you feel like you have something prophetic right now, um, you could share that with us too. But would you pray over us? Would you pray over our church family as, as we start to wrap things up? I'd be honored. Thank you, Father. Man, thank you, Lord. That you are super abundantly above and beyond all we can ask and hope for. That's right. And that nothing is too hard for you and there isn't anything that you're not able to do for you have shown us. And not only are you able, you are so ready to move in a whole new way in Moses Lake, Washington. Yeah. And in this ministry and around the world you're moving and we're a part of something so big and beautiful. Yes. Your Lordship, Jesus, the mastery, the mastery of your love is overpowering everything else. That's right. And we thank you that we come like little children with faith, believing in my daddy can fix it and my daddy can do anything. That's right. My daddy can take a piece of property, a big piece of empty land, and he can build something on that with the people and have it so busy that it's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week, people flying in from all over the world Mm -hmm. on one of the largest land runways in the nation. Mm -hmm. And glorious things can be spoken over this people and these families, these marriages, these children, this family, this church. I thank you for my son and and, and grandsons and daughters and yeah. Peggy and yeah. their faithfulness. Yeah. I thank you for Dave Miner and yeah. what he did yeah. and that you. Sandy's here, standing yes. strong, yes. the vision, yes. taking yes. her place. That's right. For the elders that you showed me that would be the elders here. That's In right. two weeks you showed it to me. Yeah. Thank you. And they all remained elders for the years and years. And yeah. Keith's still here today. And thank you. We thank you for all that you've done. That's right. And everything that you're going to do. Mm-hmm. And we bless, Lord, as a spiritual father of this house. Mm-hmm. I bless this house. Thank you, Father. I bless this house abundantly. Thank you, Father. Not just in the former blessing, but a new thing you are doing, and suddenly it shall spring forth. Yeah. It shall come like wind and fire, like a strike of lightning across the sky and thunder roll, pearls of thunder rolling in the sky and and, and the heavens opening and your angels ascending and descending and every good and perfect gift being released and anointings of your, of the more 
that we've never experienced before. Yes. And the revelation of Jesus yes, Lord, revealing yes, Lord. your perfect plans and purpose bringing to pass. That your vision will come to pass in each individual's life. Thank your you. destiny for thank them and their destiny. We thank you. This is a house of destiny. Thank you. This is, is a graced harvest. Yes. And that you have established it and you yes. will do it. Yes. And Lord, I thank you. There will be great abundance financially. Yeah. With the resources, revenues, the breaking forth of properties and yeah. lands and places and people. All for your glory. All yes. for your name. Yes. Thank you, Lord. There will eradicate poverty from this region and homeless and sick people and the poor. It will be removed. The widow and the orphan will dance together and be trained by the wisdom of the elders. And the children will prophesy and reveal the glorious things of God in this house. This thing that is about to happen because of your grace. And for those faithful ones that have stood and are still here, I ask you that you show them such favor in this time of their lives and that their former years will be, or the latter years will be greater than their former. That's right. And there will be no lack in anyone in this house. Yes, And we also decree great healing power for divine health. Yes, Lord. And with long life will you satisfy and fulfill the number of our days. Thank you, Lord. And bring your glory and your kingdom come yes, and your will be done yes, Lord. on earth yes, in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Can we say thank you? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Woo! Is God good or what? One other thing. Yes, absolutely. Here. Take the microphone. Yeah. This is Glenda, and she is she is a prophesying machine. Amen. Glenda, do you want to say power. anything? She's an intercessor. Well, I just sense the spirit and power of Elijah hovering over this place. I saw like I saw the, the chariot fly in. I, there's a there's a, it's like there's a there's a cloud that's heavy with rain, hmm. ready to fall here. You guys are on the edge and on the verge of an awakening of God coming amongst you. So the Lord says, get ready for my spirit is coming like a mighty rushing wind. Even on the day of Pentecost, as a rushing mighty wind came and poured through and outpoured on my church. Even so now the Lord says, I am bringing a fresh move of my spirit and it is coming. It is coming. It'll be like a fire and like a wind and it will pour out and it will land here. And many sons and daughters will be birthed here. Many young ones will come. And I even saw oil. I saw a new wealth coming into this region for the Lord says I'm going to cause and I'm going to prosper and I will cause a wealth and a new economy coming into this region of Moses Lake Washington and I saw homes coming up I saw buildings coming up and I saw a brand new city emerging out of this place where the Lord says I am pleased with your labor of love and many of you have labored long and heavy and hard and the Lord says I'm going to reward you now for your your weightiness of prayer and the depth of intercession that you have poured and you have dug into the soil and underneath this place and I will cause now again a fresh outpouring the fresh move of my spirit to come now in this region and in this land thank you Lord 
Why don't you stand with me? By the way, will you also just take a moment? We have some special guests with us. First of all, we have some pastors from Jefferson, Oregon that are with us. Jason and Cheris Livtack, and they're right over here. Will you guys wave your hands? Will you make sure you welcome them, hug on them, and thank them? And then Sandy Miner's up here with her daughter, Lisa. And if you don't know who David Miner was, David, David's in the presence of the Lord right now, but David was a mentor in my life and a mentor to our church, a spiritual father, an apostolic father. And he came right at the end of my dad's time here and partnered with us. And then he was the lead guy from 1990 to 93. So my dad was here from 88 to 90, and David Miner from 90 to 93, and in 93 I became the lead pastor, and I was here with them through that process, and so Sandy is here, and uh, she's going to be blessing us and sharing a word, sharing with us tonight, my dad's going to be sharing with us tonight, we're going to have a Holy Spirit meeting, I just want to encourage you to come and invite people, and it's going to be a great evening, amen? I feel like we need to take a minute before we close and just open ourselves to be receptive to what the Holy Spirit is saying. So can, can you do that? Would you either lift your hands or put a, just put yourself right now in a responsive posture and uh, let's respond to what the Lord has said to us today. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your promises. Thank you for the word of the Lord that just came to us. Thank you for everything we heard about your faithfulness in the beginning And now we thank you, you're taking us forward into the future, and we pray you would ready us. We pray you would move upon us with a new spirit of intercession and prayer. We pray, Lord, that you would do something in us that's fresh and new. You would give us, Lord, uh, even even as uh, we we read in the scripture in Zechariah, that, that spirit of grace and supplication. We pray for a spirit of grace and supplication and prayer to come upon us, and we would be in the position to be able to move in what you want to do and go where you want to go. We thank you for it. We love you. We appreciate what you've done. We appreciate what you're going to do. And now, Lord, as we get ready to go into another gathering, we pray you'd visit us again. Visit us in the second gathering, Lord, at 1115. Pour out your spirit upon the worship, upon the ministry, upon the interviews. Let it, let it be fresh, Lord. Let it not just be like a, a, a rerun, but let it be a fresh wind and presence of your spirit. We thank you for it. And Lord, as we leave this place, as people leave this place, smile on everyone that's here, Lord. Breathe on everyone that's here. Touch everyone that's here. And make everyone that's here aware that you're with them, you're for them, and you love them. Now, I just have to say this. You you may be here for the first time, or maybe you've been coming for a while, and you don't know the God we're talking about. You don't know the Jesus we're talking about. You've never encountered him. Maybe you heard sometime in the past or sometime in your story that Jesus died on a cross. You might have even heard that he rose from the dead. I don't don't know. I I don't know who's here. But what I want to say to you is if you don't know him, he wants you to know him. He made it possible for you to know that you're forgiven. He made it possible to know you're loved by God and you're restored to God. He made it possible for you to have His Spirit come live inside of you and renew you and give you a new life. And He wouldn't want you to leave here today without knowing Him in a personal way. He wouldn't want you to leave here today without you turning away from the way that your own life has been ruined and turning to Him and letting Him give you a new beginning. And so I just want to tell you, if you're here today and you don't know Him, We want to help you come to know Him. We want to help lead you to Him. 
We have some people that are going to be in the back corner at a cross in our church. They're going to be right back there waiting for you. And they have something they want to share with you. They have a gift for you. And they want to be able to tell you about Jesus and his death on the cross for your sin. And his resurrection so you could have new life. They want to tell you about that. And I just want to encourage you before you leave here today, go talk to one of the people back there. They want to help you know him. Please don't leave without knowing him. Amen. Father, bless your people now. I pray the Lord would bless you and keep you. The Lord would make his face to shine upon you. The Lord would be gracious to you. The Lord would lift up his countenance upon you and give you shalom, give you peace. In Jesus' name, go with God. God bless you.